Donananian. Fiat Chrysler warns 4.8 million owners don't use the cruise control. This is in today's paper. Now think self-driving cars while I read you this story. That's just insane. In all the cars I fix, uh, you know, it's what was wrong with it. No one has yet to ask the why. What broke the car? Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls. At 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here and alive, ready to go, wide awake at cardoctorshow.com for more information. And uh, you can podcast and Spreaker and do all the other good things that you want to do out there and uh, cruise with us as we take you on this journey of automotive um, automotive information. That's what this radio show is all about. I wanted to do an opening monologue and tell you about the 08 Tahoe, but I can't because Tom went and found a phone call. So let's kick the garage doors wide open. It's Tom's fault. And Tony said, no, we don't want to fall asleep. Let's take the call. So we're going to take the call first. Let's go over and talk to Alex from Katy, Texas, and uh, see what's going on here. Alex, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Hey, thanks for taking my call. You're Just welcome, a sir. quick question, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, got a high school graduate. Congratulations. To the, uh, that, ah, thank you, thank you. It was a long road. Yeah. But uh, got I got a graduate. He's got about $7,000 in graduation money. And uh, he's wanting to buy a used vehicle, of course. Just wanting to see if you had any ideas for him. You know, it. it, it, it is he going to go? Is he going to go to college, Alex? Uh, yes, sir. So it's 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 going to be a transportation vehicle. Um, does he work part time? Can he use the vehicle to help him with a part time job? Perhaps I'm I'm just trying to decide. You know, do we want to talk about sedans? Do we want to talk about pickup trucks? Do we want to talk about you know? Is there any way that you know whatever vehicle he gets might help him with the part time job to get him through college? Correct. He he does have a part time job. It's probably going to be a pickup because he has a motorcycle that he's going to have to drag with him. So, uh, yeah, pro- uh, pickup would be more. Okay. So, you know, big pickup, full-size, small. What's he looking for? Let's let's go uh, full-size. Full-size. Nothing better than a Chevy or a Ford if it's in his price range. I don't I don't think seven grand is going to get him there. I think uh, he's probably going to go a little bit in debt, but that's okay. Going into debt young teaches you to work harder and, you know, work towards a goal. And, uh, you know, that's okay. I'd rather see him, you know, at this point, if he's going to college and he has to stretch the envelope a little bit and work a little harder, maybe put in a couple extra hours at night or wherever he's working and, um, you know, learn the good things in life are there if you want to work hard for him. I'd rather see him stretch a little bit and try and reach his, you know, extend his reach and and, and buy a better vehicle. But, um, you know, I would look at a Ford. I'd look at a Chevy. I'd stay away from a Chrysler or a Dodge. Um, I don't think their pickup trucks are what they once were. And, uh um, you know, that would be about it. So just basically, basically low mileage, good tires. Yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's well, that's that sort of, of a, yeah, that's kind of a different question, though, because then the next part of this is, you know, what are we going to buy? And, you know, of course, I'd probably go look at a, I'd have to say I'd go look at a Toyota pickup if they had something full size in his range. Um, 
you know, but it's also going to come back to who's going to work on it. And, and I say this time and again, you know, it doesn't matter what you buy. Sooner or later, it's going to break. It could be brandy spanking new. Sooner or later, it's going to buy, it's going to break. And, you know, if the dealership you're buying it from or, or the repair shop or the used car dealer you're buying it from has a bad reputation, it could be the, you know, it, it could be the prettiest girl in the world. But sooner or later, it's going to be a problem. And, you know, that's that's just going to be an issue. And that's just really the way it is. So, you know, keep being mindful of who's going to work on it and do they have the tooling and the technology to work on it. Uh, uh, um, well, you know, he, he, he's already got the prettiest girl, so we'll go with that. But yeah, I well, appreciate then, you know, it's... All your, appreciate all your, your, all your information on this. He's, uh, he's sitting here listening right now, so... Oh, we're, gonna, me, we're heading out right now to go look at some cars. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, it, it'll be a memorable experience. You know what, car shopping with dad's got to be a got to be a good time. It's something he'll look back 20 years from now and think, hey, that was great. I remember my dad because. And, um, you, you know, it's uh, I never had that opportunity, but uh, I'll tell you what, he should treasure it. It should be a uh, it should be a great thing to do on a Saturday afternoon. Can I just ask you real quick, Alex, how do you listen to the show? Did you happen to stumble upon it or are we on an affiliate down there somewhere in Texas? Actually, we were coming back from uh, uh, fishing this morning, and uh, we, we just, you know, we were scanning and came across you, you and Tom, and, I mean, it, it's a treat to listen to. I mean, it's very hard to get an 18-year-old to listen to AM radio, and uh, he, was, he was really interested in what you were saying and how you knew everyone. He looked you up. Uh, and uh, and Tom told us that you're you're in New Jersey, so you know he he was very impressed. Well, so listen, you're doing a great job, and and honestly, you're you're helping a lot of people out here that you know just need a guidance. You know, Alex, I got to tell you, some days and there are some weeks you wonder why you do this after 27 years. Um, I met I met somebody this week. Um, at, at all at once, I felt old and appreciated. We were, we were talking about something, and um, she wanted to say, you know, well, can we meet on can we meet on Saturday? And I said, I can't meet on Saturday. I've got to go do the radio show. And there was like dead silence. And um, Eileen said to me, she goes, Oh, that's right, I forgot about that. She said, How many years are you doing that? And I said, Twenty seven. She said, Then I guess it was you. And I said, What do you mean you guess it was me? She said, Well, you know, when I was fourteen. And now I'm really starting to feel old because she's like 30. She said, um, you know, my dad used to listen to this and they lived not, you know, half hour from us over here. She said, uh, my dad used to listen to this guy on, on one of those New York radio stations. And she said, it was you, wasn't it? And I went, she told me the name of the radio station. And I went, yeah, it was me. She goes, wow. She goes, that's really pretty neat. She goes, you know, my dad loved listening to you. Me, not so much. I was 14. I wanted music to come out of the radio, but I liked hanging out with my dad. And, um, uh, you know, it just, just kind of made me feel old and appreciate it all at the same time. Just, uh, um, But listen, I'm glad to be here for her, and I'm glad to be here for your son and you and everybody else because I'm just trying to help everybody make sense of the, of the automobile. So go look at a bunch of cars. Um, remember, condition, condition and mileage outweighs, you know, options and features. You know, pull the dipstick, look at the dipstick, how cleans the oil. If you're buying something used, obviously you will be. Turn on the radio, what radio stations are there. If it's heavy metal death music, maybe that's not the car we want. If it's, you know, something classical and opera, maybe that's a person that drove slow. Maybe we want that. 
uh, you know, take a look at the spare. Has the spare ever been on the car? Does the, if it's a used car, again, does it have a spare? Are the jack tools there? You know, start looking around for signs of wear and tear. Start, start looking around for signs of flood vehicle. You know, sniff the car. You smell, you smell moisture. Does it smell like mildew? Although they're pretty good at hiding it today. But just, just be careful of what you buy. And 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 just like Dayton, don't fall in love with the first girl. Just make sure it's the right car before you. You know, you want to take it out for the long haul. Um, uh, you know, so go back and look at it twice and drive the vehicle twice. I tell everybody, drive any car, new or used, during the day and at night, because it, it its personality changes. You know, from daytime to nighttime. All of a sudden, at nighttime, it's dark. You know, is is the radio in 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 reach? Do you have to fumble with the knobs? Can you see everything? Do you have a good feel for it? You know, is there good vision to the left, good vision to the right, that kind of thing? Um, I mean, he, he has to like the truck. You have to like the vehicle. But you know, a car, a truck's personality changes all the time, depending upon whether you're driving daytime, nighttime, good weather, bad weather, that kind of thing. So, um, take your time, go slow, and you'll pick the right vehicle. All right, kiddo. All right. Hey, appreciate it. And just remember, find the glory, my friend. Yes, sir. I yeah. Listen, you br- you bring him up, and uh, I understand that, too, because he's the one that gave me this radio show. Alex, I appreciate it very, very much. You and your son, everybody else, you have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk again Thank real you. soon. You're very welcome. You take good care. Um, boy, that's... You know, someday I'll tell you how God gave me this radio show. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. Don't go away. Don't you hate when you need some expensive part or service? It sure makes maintaining your car a frustrating task. Thankfully, Pep Boys has over a million parts in stock, like batteries, filters, brake pads, and more. And if you need a little extra help, the Pep Boys pros will install the part for you. Since 1921, Manny, Moe, and Jack's legacy has been to provide quality parts, service, and tires to people everywhere. So the next time you need car advice or simply want a service done, head to the pros. Visit your local Pep Boys or shop online at PepBoys.com. Welcome back. We're on the the car doctor rolling along. You know, Alex and his son reminded me Father's Day is just around the corner. And, you know, there's a perfect opportunity, right? Uh, something to talk about and doing something with dad or the dad figure in your life. And I... I you know, we, we want to use those stories, and we might even read a few in the, in the coming weeks. But if you've got a dad story, if the person that influenced you about cars or, you know, the SOS story bailed you out on the side of the road or taught you right from wrong from a car, you know, or taking care of a car, can you send us that story? Can you really please? I think it's inspiring, and I think, you know, it, 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 it gives us that feel-good moment. It's that feel-good button that we all kind of need during the day to uh, you know get through the day it's it's and that's what cars are too to a point also they're more than just transportation they're much more than just transportation and um, you know do so email it ron at cardoctorshow.com or if you can get up to the car doctor facebook page ron and annie and the car doctor post it up there and um you know we'll 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 take that we'll do something with it i promise um something good uh you know you're you're you're, you're putting good energy out there and good mojo and uh um, it's just sometimes, you know what, it's healing. It makes you feel good to talk about dad uh, or that dad figure to, uh, you know, m- you know what they helped you do and uh, so on. So uh, just think about that in the next couple of weeks. Let's go over and talk to, uh, is that Jim in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, I believe, 03 Subaru? Yes, hello, Ron. Hey. I feel like you're part of the family after six months listening to your podcast. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate you being there, man. I really do, and uh, um, I'm glad you're here with me today. How can I help you, sir? 
I have a 2003 Subaru Forester with an air conditioning problem whereby I can drive it probably all day at above 40 miles per hour, never stopping, and I've got fantastic air conditioning, couldn't be any colder. But if I finish that trip with letting it just sit for five minutes with the engine running and temperatures above 87 degrees, so the engine compartment gets heat-soaked, the uh, AC compressor quits cutting in, and the solution seems to be either recycle, you know, the auto button on the dashboard several times till right. it will cut in. But, but one thing that will always work is to remove the AC compressor relay, reseat it, will always cause the AC compressor to start cutting in. And so because of that, I replaced the AC compressor with a new one. I know what you say about new. Anyway, I did that. I still have the same problem. Also, when the condition was in, I pulled that relay. I measured voltage on both sides of the coil and the switch, and it looks like I got the right stuff there. So the question is, if you've got the relay closed, where is it getting lost? If, 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 the relay, if the relay is closed and it's, it's applying power down to the compressor, have you gone to the compressor? Does it have power at the compressor? I, I have not gone. You mean when the condition exists? Right. Well, let's, let's do uh, it no. two ways, okay? When the, when the compressor's working, let's go down and measure voltage at the compressor clutch itself so we know what we're looking for, right? We know what, you know, okay. sometimes to know what bad is, you got to know what good is. Right. Yep. Let's go. Let's go see what good looks like, and then when it stops, let's. You know what don't we have? I know it's very easy to say. Well, it can't be the compressor. Prove it to me. You know, test it. Test it the exact same way. Do you have voltage going to the compressor? All right. Okay. And if you do, if you've got voltage there, where's the ground side of that clutch coil to engage that coil? How is that controlled? I'm thinking it's. I'm thinking it's the compressor case from what I see of the schematic. Right. I believe they come, they run a pigtail off that uh, coil feed, and that grounds it to the case, and then the case is obviously attached to the block. All right? Okay. So let's, let's check ground there. Let's voltage drop the ground. And then for that conversation, you know, do we have a problem somewhere else with the ground in the engine compartment? If we, ran, if, if we think it's the ground and we ran an auxiliary ground from the engine block right to the negative battery post, does that make the compressor work? Okay. All right. But I, okay. I think, you know, if we want to extrapolate this out a little bit and, and look a little bit further, if we make the assumption, because <clears throat> you've already, you know, the compressor turns out to be good, all right, if, all right, and I've got a great new part story coming up this hour, if it turns out to be good and the ground is good, then we've got to work our way back up. We probably won't have power going down to the compressor. We've got to take a look at the AC thermostat, all right, and work our way backwards. Do you have a wiring diagram for this, Jim? Yes, from all data. I'm looking at it as we speak. Okay. Because I would just, you know, the, the, the wiring diagram is the roadmap. I would just, I would just yeah, follow, follow my way down and, and, and see how. I don't know if this matters because with a VOM, you know, $10 VOM, I measured the ground point of the relay to the um, screw holding the relay, um, uh, you know, relay case. And I measure seven ohms, but you know that's with a ten dollar VOM. Well, yeah, and I'm not. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would. I'd want to see that resistance is good, but I want to see it. I want to see it at the point of failure. I want to look at voltage. I, I want to see okay. it working. I've I've had resistance cheat me too many times. Um, you know, okay. and some some listen. Some here. I'll tell you. Okay, I'll tell you the story now. So I had an 08 Tahoe that had a wheel bearing issue this week. We put a 
brand new wheel bearing in it right out of General Motors, an FW346, because it had lateral rock. The bearing was just worn out. And put a you know brand new GM wheel bearing in it. Nothing else was wrong with the vehicle. Got in the vehicle, started it up, pulled it three feet out the garage door, the ABS and traction control lights popped on. Well, gee, I broke the truck. Now what happened? Pulled it back in. Is <laughs> everything plugged in? Everything's plugged in. Did the same thing as you. Ohm tested the, the bearing. Read, you know, read the exact same thing as the old bearing. The resistance value was correct. All right. Uh, you know, plugged in the old bearing and just plugged it in and the light went out. Jumped across the circuit going back on the harness side. The light was out. It actually, well, it actually the light stayed on. It set a fault code for a shorted circuit. So I knew the computer was capable of seeing response. All right. So here's a case where resistance values were good. Um, I couldn't get a signal out of it, and wait, the story gets better. Uh, you know, but I, I couldn't actually get it to do any work. So it was late. It was like 10 to 5 on Wednesday night. I said, you know what, we'll deal with this on Thursday. Called the customer said, listen, I'm not sure what's going on, da-da-da-da. We'll deal with it Thursday morning. Came in Thursday morning. Do you know I started that truck up, pulled it out of the bay, the light was out, the truck was, picked, the truck was fixed? Hmm. <laughs> you know, electrical stuff does funny things. And, uh, you know, resistance is – sometimes I, I fall and die on resistance because that's the only thing I can test. But if I can test something a different way, if I can test – you know, if resistance passes but I can prove voltage being incorrect. Because here's a case where resistance was good. I had no AC voltage signal output. I had no output signal on that bearing. So, you know, my point is sometimes resistance isn't the be-all and end-all. But I get what you're doing. I really do. By the way, I did – I changed the new bearing. I put another new bearing in it and sent it down the road because I, you know, I, I couldn't trust it. Um, so, but uh, uh, well, one more question yeah. from the schematic, and that is the pressure switch. Uh, I'm getting the right voltage down from the pressure switch, which you know gives me the voltage um, on one side of the re relay switch. That's okay. good. That's thirteen point six. Okay. I tell you what, yeah, let's not let's not run away from this, Jim. Stay right where you are. Let me pull over and take this pause, and uh, we'll pick it up from this, and we'll just we'll just be a couple of minutes when we come back, and uh, we'll get you some more information. I'm Ron Anning, the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Don't go away. in car advice, give Ron a call. 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Hey, let's get over back to Jim. Jim, you're still there, sir? Yes, sir. Let me ask Let me ask you this question. When when the compressor doesn't come on, and we're talking about his 03 Subaru, if you, those of you just tuning in with an erratic AC compressor, when the engine, when the compressor doesn't come on, th there's a blue-red wire at the pressure switch, correct? Blue-red wire. Um... At, Let me try to find that blue at, red. At the pressure switch? If you ground that, does the compressor clutch come on? I have not tried that. All right. Because that would be the trigger. That would be that would be the state of go for the um uh for the uh um uh compressor. You said a blue white? Blue red. 
I, be, I believe a blue red, if memory serves me correct. You may not be looking at the same drawing because I'm seeing green, orange, blue. Excuse me, brown, yellow. Is this an brown, automatic or a ma is this an black. automatic or a manual AC? This is auto. Okay, I got the I got the wrong picture in my head. Go ahead, ask me your question. Um, well, I, I was just wanted to tell you that you know I see that there's a completion that has to happen from the pressure switch down to one side of the coil. And I do have 13.5 volts down at the coil, so the pressure switch is getting the voltage down there. That was my point. Okay. But isn't that a blue wire at the compressor? When we see you mean that comes down yeah, the, to the coil? Right. That goes down to, the, to feed the... Are we talking, we're talking about the compressor clutch coil, right? Okay, yes. That's a blue oh, wire. That's actually, it's listed as L in the schematic, whatever color L is. L is, L is blue. Jap, Jap, okay. Jap, Japanese don't say blue. They, they, okay. they, Japanese wiring diagrams all treat L as blue for some reason. I, I, okay. I, I believe that's what I learned years ago, and I believe it's still to be correct because there is no color L. And there, I'm sorry, the reason is because blue and black is interchangeable. So black, B is black and L is blue. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Don't, don't ask me why. So you're saying, you're saying ground wire again? Um, no, stay off of that because that's a, that. If you have an automatic system, I got a different diagram in my head. So, but let's let's go backwards. If if when the compressor doesn't work, here's what I want to know: when the compressor doesn't work, do I have voltage on that blue wire at the compressor? Okay, it's, it's that simple. Okay. All right. If if I've got if you've got and and that's the that blue wire coming out of the relay, that's the you know when the relay's tripped because you said the relay was tripped, right? Well, I'm saying if I reset the relay, I get the compressor back on. Okay. If I reset it. But didn't you say you measured voltage at the relay and you had you had you had signal through and across and the relay was activated and the compressor didn't come on? Yes, I have 13.6 down from the um, uh, the voltage supply and I have 13.6 down from the pressor switch and I have a low from the computer control. You know, a no voltage from the computer control, right. which would seem to energize the coil. Right. So the coil's energized. That blue feed out of the relay. That blue yeah. wire out of the relay does it have does it have you know charging system voltage on it thirteen point five thirteen point eight whatever at, at the compressor yeah at, I haven't done that yeah at the compressor or at the relay you know which, which whichever way now if you don't have it at the compressor then go back up to the relay find it in the harness do you have thirteen point eight coming out of the uh, coming out of the relay that blue wire is the feed all right. Mm -hmm. Um, so if if the relay is tr if the relay is truly energized, we don't care about the rest of the circuit. We don't care about the thermostatic switch. We don't care about the pressure switch. We don't care about anything else. The relay's on. If the relay's mm -hmm. on, and energized and closed and completed, that blue wire's got to be hot, or you've got a connection issue either out of the relay box or broken wire inside the harness at that wire. Gotcha. All right. Now I would yep. own. Now I would own that wire. All right. Now mm -hmm. I would come back to that blue wire in the relay box. Go down to the compressor. Unplug it at the compressor. Ohm across that wire, and I should have almost zero resistance. I should have a complete solid circuit. All right. Got it. And then if I had yep. any doubt, then I would put. Here's a case where. Here's a case where. You know, we could try this too if you want to have some fun. All right. You got it. Do you have an old headlight lying around? No, I can get one. Go get an old headlight, an old square lamp headlamp from an old 70s car or an 80s vehicle, right? 
wire it up so that the ace so that blue wire at the compressor disconnect it run a set of jumpers power the headlight okay when that when that when you turn on the ac switch that headlight should light if you you know power one power to the blue wire ground the other side when it doesn't work if your headlight lights i hate to tell you you know what new you know what new means yeah <laughs> and unfortunately yep. that's right back where you are um you know don't don't get hung and i'm not saying you are but i just want to be clear don't get hung on hey this is how the circuit's supposed to work take every component out of the car and and make them work or not work on the bench or in your head how would you test it if you didn't have a diagram and you didn't have the car in front of you and i just gave you i gave you a compressor a relay and a switch how would you test each component to see if they worked? Okay. And that's you know that's what you're going to do right here. If you've got power at the relay, that blue wire's hot. Compressor's got to mm -hmm. work, or you're missing ground. That's the only thing that's there. Yep. Okay. All right. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. All right. Take my email. You got my email, Ron at CarDoctorShow.com. Sure do. All right. You got a question? You call me, or you email me. Okay. All right, Jim. Let me know what happens. Thank you very much. All right, brother. My pleasure. Okay. Um, yeah. My pleasure, uh -huh. absolutely. Um, let's get over and talk to, really? Tom, it's not a Willis Coupe, it's a Willie's Coupe. Ted, help me, I've got a non-hot rod guy on the phone today. <laughs> so he thinks it's a Willis yeah, Coupe. It's a, uh, it's a Willie's, all right. It's a, a Willie's. I know exactly what this is. What are we trying to put in this thing? All right, I'm putting a, a 3800 Buick supercharged motor in it. I started with a 409, it was just too big. There was just. I've been working on this thing for the last 40 years off and on. All right. I'm going to get it going. Absolutely. But anyway, I got uh, the 3800 motor in it, and then I bought a transmission uh, out of a Camaro, which used the 3.8 motor, but non-supercharged. Okay. And uh, everything worked. I mean, the starter bolts up, the flywheel, transmission, everything works. I got the motor running, and uh, that's a, kind of a long story, but anyway, I got it running, and I'm using the the uh, computer out of the front-wheel drive car. I had it reflashed, and they took the VAT system out of it, and uh, I think it's been set up for the rear-wheel drive transmission, but I'm not sure. So my, my question is, you know, the, the it's got like uh, the, the pin connector, you know, the connector for the transmission is the same for the front-wheel drive and the rear-wheel drive. The front-wheel drive uses, uh, I think, one more wire. I think it uses uh, 14 wires, and the rear-wheel drive uses 13 wires. But all the functions on the pins are the same until you get down to the to the like the last four. Okay. And uh, you know, in other words, can I run the front-wheel drive computer with this rear-wheel drive transmission, or am I, or am I just going to have to put it together and see? Here's why I don't think you can. All right. And uh, well, I'll tell you what, i got to ask you to stay put because I'm gonna, i am i got to pull over and take this pause. When I come back, I'll, I'll tell you why I don't think you can. I'm Ron and in The Car Doctor. We'll return right after this. Welcome back, Ron and in The Car Doctor. Let's go over and talk to back to Ted. Ted, Springfield, Illinois. Ted, you're still there, sir. The reason I don't think that will work using the rear-wheel drive computer and the uh, or the front-wheel drive computer and the rear-wheel drive trans right. is because in my mind, if it could be done by a simple software change, then why didn't GM do it? Right, and they would have saved money on the processor. 
So the, the right answer, I think, is unless you can identify each and every wire and what they were doing and then compare it to what you, you've got, I, I don't know that it will work. But let me ask you this question. And listen, I really admire what you're doing. I think it's going to be cool when you're done. You know, I, well, I tell thank you, what. you. Hey, and I, I, I really like your show, too. You do a great job. Thank you, sir. And I'm glad you're an old school guy, too, because I'm an old guy, too, and, and uh, you know, uh, worked on old cars for years and with carburetors and points and, you know, this this late model stuff. You understand it a lot more than I do. So. Well, it's, you know what, I was, I was very fortunate. I was brought up on carburetors and points, and then at the right time, somebody came, as the new stuff came along, somebody said, Dad, nobody else wants to go. Do you want to go to school? And I went, okay. Uh, you know, it's like, what do I know? I didn't, you know, I didn't, so it just kind of worked. Um, I was never afraid to take education in my life, never once. But, you know, I would look at either break down what those wires are doing wire by wire, or, you know, sometimes I, I always think about the hot rods. And, you know, I, I, had, I had a very dear friend who's passed now, but Richie had a 39 Ford. And we put a 429 big block, you know, a real 429 Ford motor in it, right. uh, you know, and, and, and that's a story unto itself. He, he was actually working, at, uh, dropping a car off at somebody's house that he had repaired, and he was walking out of the garage, and he's in the corner of the garage, he spotted this 429 bear block sitting there on the, <laughs> you know, and it was the, it was the kid's father or something. I mean, it was a whole long story, and the kid, yeah, I got all these parts from my dad's old Ford, and uh, you know, they were trying to get rid of it and sell it. They didn't realize what it was, and Richie explained it all to him. And they said, "Well, listen." And I think they basically gave it to him. They 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 knew it was valuable, but they were like, "Listen, just just take it. We want to see somebody put good use to it. Dad would be happy." It was one of those stories. Exactly. Uh, you know, but it was a real 429. It was the coolest thing, and he managed to stuff this thing into a into a 39 Ford, kind of like what you're doing. All right, you know, we we put a lot of butter and lubed up the sides and jumped on it. And it popped yeah. in, but well, I've got the, I got the motor and no problem, and I got it running. And uh, but you know that's not, and I got the transmission mounted and everything. But you know I just want to it, it runs, but will it run down the road? Right. Well, will it run down the road reliably? Is the other question. Right. And what Richie ended up doing was he just contacted one of the wiring harness manufacturers, and they they actually built him a custom harness to go with the, what the computer was that he said. He said, "Hey, I'm going to use this computer because he, he put electronic, he put EFI fuel injection on it." And, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Can you build something to go with that? And they did. And, you know, I know we're both old school guys, Ted, but you know what? There are moments that we've got to count. If we're going to use a computer involvement here, then why can't we go to, like, you know, Holly or Edelbrock or Painless or any one of the other half a dozen companies out there and see who's got the best package? Well, and, they, actually, the wiring harness that I got was made by Painless, the uh, guy at Painless. The power tour came through Springfield here about five, six years ago, and I talked to him. They don't make a wiring harness for this motor. But the guy that I talked to, he had made a custom one for a guy in Texas that put it in a front-wheel drive Lamborghini kit car. Okay. And it worked fine. But he said, it, he said it was never designed for a rear-wheel drive, but he said at least it would run the motor. He said you might be able to, you know, be able to modify it. So, so anyway, that's where I am. But... But uh, so I and but you get on YouTube, and they're putting them in Camaros. They're putting this motor in Camaros and other vehicles, and they run and they show them running them, and but they never tell you how they do it. And uh, uh, in some cases, they're actually shifting the transmission with uh, you know separate switches. You know, they're just doing it manually, switching the you know shifting the transmission from first to second to third, and then locking up the computer. Right. I mean the the 
here's 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 my parting thought. I would be curious, okay, because some of the GM vehicles, engines, transmissions, they the trans control was built into the PCM, and then some of the vehicles, the trans control was a separate module. So if we go on the assumption that your PCM, your engine controller, has trans control function in it, if we could identify what what vehicle that came out of, and then get onto all data or Mitchell, and do you know get a pin out, you know they'll they'll show you if there's what is it three connectors. On that PCM, Ted. Two. There's two. Two. Okay. Two connectors, uh, eighty pins. So on they'll each one. they'll give you a wire pinout of what each and every wire does. I've and, got that. I've got the manuals. You know. Okay. If you can do that and then go backwards against your wiring harness, the right. four that you're missing or the four that you have extra of, just what are they for? Right. If, if they're to control a charcoal canister vent valve, who cares? Right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right. And I've done. I've kind of done that. But like, for instance. Well, I'll tell you what. You hold got... that. Hold that. For instance, let me pull over and take this pause. Or, or Tony's going to yell at me. I'll be right back. I'm running any in the car, doctor. Don't go anywhere. She's real fine. My 409. She's real fine. My 409. My 409. Welcome back. Hey, Ted, we thought we'd do that for you to give you a reminiscent of what could have been had you not put the 3800 in there. Right. Uh, Maybe I'd be running down the road if I would have stuck with the 409. Well, there you go. Um, so, go ahead. Finish your thought. we got about two minutes. Okay. Uh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, I appreciate your help. I, I just wondered if the pressures... You know, maybe are different in the in the transmissions. Maybe that would cause them not to shift right. You know, there could, you could have all kinds of problems. Well, I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would think about it like that. I would really go along the idea of what triggers what. All right. If if we can trigger the solenoids, then internal pressures are internal in the trans. That's got computers right. got nothing to do with that. Computer is power and ground apply. You know, just control. It's it's the the it's still a mechanical trans in the sense of what it's going to do internally. Now, perhaps that model, your transmission, has an extra wire because it's it's going to change the way the converter clutch is going to apply something different than what that computer works. So, you know, when you start to marry these things, you know, you've really, you're back to, okay, what do the four extra wires do or don't do? What are right. we missing? And, you know, that's why, I, that's why I start to look at wiring harnesses. You know, sometimes I will think about when I'm doing a hot rod, I'll do two wiring harnesses. One for ignition, you know, make the ignition system work, uh, or, you know, one for starting and cranking, and then the other one will do ignition, fuel delivery, and then trans, and can I tie it all together as simply as possible? Um, you, know, you may get what you have to work, but you may find that you're banging your head against the wall and you're gonna get a flat head. And you may have to, you know, maybe change one or two or three components. Here's how I'd attack it. Identify what you've got, identify what you're missing, and then decide, do you need those to make this function? Maybe you don't, and then at least you can go forward with it one way or another with what you've got or by changing something. Keep me posted. I'm Ron Anini, the car doctor, reminding you, good mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See ya.